good morning, everybody. Welcome to Evansville Baptist Church. It's good to have you all here with us on this beautiful morning. It's a little bit foggy outside, but I'm glad that it's nice and clear in here and, and uh, wonderful to have all your smiling faces with us here this morning. This is the first Sunday in the month of December, so what better way to kick off our first Sunday in the month of December than with a Christmas song, amen? Let's all stand together in your blue hymn books. We'll turn to hymn 104, Joy to the World. We'll sing the first, the second, and the last this morning of hymn number 104, Joy to the World. Let's sing it out at the beginning of this Christmas season, Joy to the World. Let's sing it out together today, hymn number 104, Hymn number 104, Joy to the World. We'll sing the first, the second, and the last this morning of hymn number one. Red hymn book, red hymn book, red hymn book. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. I don't know if I specified it. We're in the red hymn book this morning. I apologize. We're in the red hymn book this morning. Hymn number 104 on that second verse. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let tender songs employ while fields and floods, rock sails and play. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. Sing it with all your might. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders, wonders of his love. Amen. What a wonderful song to begin this Christmas season with together. Let's all bow for prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, God, Lord, we're so grateful, Lord, that you've allowed us to meet together today. Lord, I pray that you'd work through this singing that we're going to sing, Lord, with the preaching that's going to be preached, Lord, through the Lord's Supper, Lord, through the baptism today. Man, what an exciting day it is to be in your house today. Lord, I pray that you'd work in everything, Lord. I pray that your name, Lord, will be glorified above all else today, Lord, and that you get the honor and the glory for everything that we do. Lord, we love you. We thank you and praise you for everything. In your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you all for meeting with us uh, this morning. Good to have you all here. And uh, we'll be here pray for those who are not here this morning. I know there are some who are out sick and some that are not feeling well this morning. So please keep them in your prayers. If you would, please get your bulletins out. And we'll have our uh, um, announcements on the right-hand side there. I want to remind everybody, of course, all the ladies of our ladies' Bible study this coming Friday. I know it's normally on a Thursday, but this week it's going to be on a Friday. That's December the 8th, and it's going to be here at the church at 12 o'clock. And uh, it's going to be a wonderful time. And I believe uh, Miss Marge said that the ladies are going to be finishing up their study in Psalms. Is that correct? 
Yep, so finishing up the study in the book of Psalms, and that's going to be a wonderful, uh, wonderful time there. So ladies, please, uh, you are invited, and you are also encouraged to attend. It's going to be a wonderful time. Again, that's going to be here at the church at 12 o'clock. And then we've also got our ladies' uh, fellowship Christmas party. Uh, that's going to be uh, this coming Saturday, the 9th, at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And it's going to be just a wonderful time for the ladies to get together and, and have some fun together. I'm sure going to have some games together. Uh, and then uh, they will also also be doing a uh, gift exchange and then please just bring a gift around uh, just around ten dollars and uh, bring a finger food with you as well so ladies again that is going to be Saturday December the 9th and that is here at the church at one o'clock in the afternoon so please uh, ladies come out for that and join us for that wonderful day uh, and then Sunday December the 17th is our big uh, Christmas celebration day and it's gonna be just a wonderful day both the morning service and the evening service are all gonna be wonderful uh, our morning service, we have the kids are going to come and do their Christmas uh, play uh, during the Sunday morning service that day. And I would encourage you, please, please, please be here for that. Make plans to be here. Come and support these kids. And I know they've been working very hard. And uh, they're going to go down here in just a little while. And uh, they're going to go and continue to practice. So they've been practicing and practicing and practicing for weeks and weeks. And I'm just so excited to see what they've put together. And I'm very excited for it. Uh, so please make plans. Uh, to be here uh, for that wonderful, wonderful play. Again, that's December the 17th. Uh, and I will also make mention, uh, we're working on finding a, a, a time that we can get together and work on decorating for that. Uh, I know we've got a Christmas tree now and all that, so we've got everything that we need. And a thank you to all those who have donated and, and brought stuff in for us to be able to use for that. And uh, But we're going to have to find a day here, and I'll be working on it over this week, and I'll announce it uh, to where we can get together sometime before that play to get decorated and set up for that place. So keep your ears out for that. Keep your ears out for that announcement. I also wanted to make mention the same night or the same day as our Christmas play, we're also going to be having a candlelight service here at the church that Sunday night. That Sunday evening at 6 o'clock here at the church. Regular service time, so uh, please come out for that. It's going to be a wonderful time of praise, fellowship, and reflection of the true reason and the true meaning of Christmas. So please uh, make plans to join us for that. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful service. And uh, we'll also be finishing up uh, our journey from the cradle to the cross that evening. And it's just going to be a wonderful, wonderful service together. And we're going to sing songs together. We're going to praise together. It's just going to be a wonderful time. So again, that's December the 17th. Uh, make plans to be there for both services that day, please. It's just going to be a wonderful day uh, of celebration together, of remembrance together, of praise together. And it's just going to be a wonderful time. So please make plans to be there Sunday morning and Sunday evening on December the 17th. It's just going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. And I believe that's all the announcements that I have for today. Hey, let's get our hymn books back out. We'll turn to hymn 164 in your red hymn books. 164 in your red hymn books. Nothing but the blood. 164 in your red hymn books. We'll sing the first, the second, and the last this morning. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of
about the blood this morning and uh, that wonderful blood that was shed on the cross to pay for our sins. We're going to recognize that here and we're going to uh, celebrate that and remember that this morning with the Lord's Supper. So let's sing it on the last verse. Give it your all this morning. We're singing about the wonderful blood of Jesus. On that last verse, this is all my hope and peace. Nothing but the This time we're going to have our offering. If I could please have our ushers come forward. I'm going to have an offering at this time. This is just a time that we get to give back as God has given to us. And if you're visiting with us this morning, we don't expect anything from you. We just want you to get a blessing from being here. Uh, so this is just a wonderful time that we get to give back as God has given to us. And I'll say we've, we've changed up the order of service just a little bit. So we're just going to have our offering now. And then we're going to afterwards sing our song of the month. So just keep that in mind. So, uh, but we're going to have our offering at this time. And uh, God has given to us so much, has he not? God has blessed this church, and God has blessed us so much. I do want to make mention of the fact uh, we don't have it out yet, but we are working on raising money for our furnace. Uh, we had to um, get the heating people in to replace our furnace, and that was about $6,000 to get that done. So uh, we're raising money for that. If the Lord lays it on your heart, uh, just write on your envelope furnace, and we'll make sure that it gets uh, to pay for that furnace so that we can get uh, some heat downstairs because it might have been a little bit chilly down there this morning. Uh, but we will uh, make sure we get that fixed just for the safety of everybody. So keep that in mind. If the Lord lays it on your heart, you can just write on your offering envelope furnace. But uh, we're going to have a word of prayer for the offering. Now, Brother Jim, would you pray for the offering? sang, Lord, we mean every word. We we love you, and we, we wouldn't be here without you, Lord. We thank you so much. We ask that you do a work in our hearts this day and in this service. We ask that you give the pastor the wisdom to break down your word for us as we dive into it, Lord. And we just ask that at this time, you bless the gifts that we give back. We ask you bless the gift and the giver. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.
for that, Mrs. Harris, and we're going to get our bulletins out and sing our song of the month at this time. Go tell it on the mountain. Let's stand together as we sing. Go tell it on the mountain, a wonderful song for this Christmas season. This will be our song of the month for the month of December. Go tell it on the mountain. And we just have the first verse in the chorus that we'll sing together. While shepherds kept their watching for silent flocks by one more time. Let's sing it one more time, okay? Wow, shepherds kept their watching or silent flocks by night. Behold, throughout the heavens there shone a holy light. Go tell it on the mountain over the hills and everywhere. Time we're going to dismiss our kids downstairs. Mrs. Harris, if you'll keep playing, we'll take a time to welcome one another to the service, shake each other's hand, welcome one another to the service this morning. come back together let's get our Bibles out we'll do our scripture reading together Luke chapter number three as we remain standing together Luke chapter number three beginning in verse 21 we'll do our scripture reading together like I said I said I changed things up a little bit so y'all should have been ready for that let's all stand again together I'm sorry I, I we've we've got to get back into the back into the swing of things but we'll stand for our Bible reading Luke chapter 3 verse number 21 and we're going to read three verses together verses 21 22 and 23. We'll read them all together uh, this morning, Luke chapter number 3, beginning in verse number 21. And again, we'll read all three of these verses together this morning, verses 21, 22, and verse number 23. Again, that's Luke chapter number 3, verse number 21, and we'll read through to verse number 23 this morning. Luke chapter number 3. If you're there this morning, say amen. Amen. Almost. We're almost there. We'll wait just a few more seconds and we'll try it again. Luke chapter 3, verse number 21. Luke chapter 3, verse number 21. Okay, I've heard the pages stop rustling. If you're there this morning, say amen. 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 Okay, that's, that's still pretty weak, but we can, we'll get better at it. We'll get better. Luke chapter 3, verse number 21. And again, we'll read this verse 20, 21, 22, and 23 all together. Ready? Begin. Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptizing and praying. The, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. 
And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. And Jesus himself began to be about thirty years of age, being, as was supposed, the son of Joseph. Amen. You may be seated. Let's get our hymn books out one more time this evening, or morning, sorry. I'm all over the place today. Hymn number 100. Hymn number 100 in your red hymn books. Hymn number 100. Jesus is all the world to me. Hymn number 100. We can remain seated as we sing this one this morning. You may be seated. Hymn number 100. Jesus is all the world to me. We'll sing the first, the second, and the last. Jesus is we just saying is true for your life today. I really hope it is. I hope that Jesus really truly is all the world to you. I hope that's the case this morning. Let's get our Bibles out and we're going to uh, turn again to Luke chapter number three this morning. And uh, this is 
continuation. And uh, if you've been here Sunday mornings and only Sunday mornings, you won't uh, really know much of uh, what we have gone through over the past few weeks. But don't worry, there's still something for you in the passage of Scripture that we're going through today. But if you've been coming on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights, then you will have been here for the last few messages that we've preached and that we've learned from, uh, titled in, this, in, in our journey from the cradle to the cross. And we've been taking the time over the past few weeks together on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. And I'd encourage you, uh, if you haven't been able to join us, I would encourage you, please join us over the next few weeks as we finish up our study through this. Uh, but this morning, we're, we're going to be continuing through our study from the cradle to the cross. And as we begin our, our Christmas season here, uh, we're going to be really focusing on what we're really celebrating as we go through the month of December up to December 25th. And uh, we want to keep in mind what the real reason uh, for all of these decorations are. Yes, we have fun with, uh, you know, the poinsettias and with the wreaths and with the garland and, and with the trees and all that type of stuff. You know, we have fun with things like that. Uh, but really, uh, this right here uh, is the culmination of what we're celebrating. If you look at this uh, nativity scene right here, which uh, um, anyhow, I won't get into uh, the nativity scene this morning. But uh, if you look at that, uh, that is the beginning of our salvation. The beginning of our salvation was the birth of Christ uh, in that little manger uh, on that uh, day there in Bethlehem. And uh, so we've looked at a few things together this morning, or over the past few weeks, I'm sorry. But this morning we're going to be looking at the schooling of the Savior, the schooling of the Savior. So, uh, so far uh, we have looked at the birth of Christ and the beginning of the wonderful excitement that that brain but that, that that brought sorry uh, i got that uh, that was a weird word there brain i never heard that word before but somehow my mind put that word together i don't know where it came from but i got it today uh but that was the excitement and what what wonderful excitement why well it was because it was the culmination of the fulfillment of so many prophecies for so many people we looked at one week we looked the first week we looked at the birth of christ the next week we looked at the magi and and, and how important they were and how important it was to the genealogy and the lineage of Christ. The next week we then looked at the excitement of the Savior and what great excitement it brought, not just in the Magi because it was fulfilling prophecy for them, but also for the shepherds because what a wonderful thing it was for those shepherds, I mean just the lowly shepherd, to come and to see the Savior in a manger, in their place of work. It's where the Savior was laid. And to be able to understand uh, for those, shepherd, uh, the, those shepherds that came that day, to be able to see, well, the Savior of all mankind is being born in a lowly stable. And He's reachable for you and I. And what a wonderful picture that is for us today. But today we're not going to look at uh, the birth of Christ. We're not going to look at uh, the, the wise men or the shepherds. Today we're going to look at the things that took place in Jesus' life right before he began his earthly ministry. Now, tonight we're going to take the time and we're going to go through some of the earthly ministry of Christ together. I encourage you, if you're able to come, uh, be here tonight as we go through that. It's going to be a wonderful study. Uh, but before Jesus could begin his earthly ministry, there were a few events that needed to take place first. 
these two events that took place, uh, they took place, of course, prior to the start of his ministry. And uh, we're going to take a look for just a few moments this morning again at the schooling of the Savior. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll get right into it together this morning. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for allowing us to meet together this morning. Lord, I thank you for those who are here today, Lord, that have decided to be faithful and come to your house today. Uh, Lord, have decided to come here, Lord, when there's so many other places that we could be. Lord, I pray that you'd work through this message today, Lord. I pray that you'd, uh, Lord, just take your humble servant, Lord, and use him this morning. Lord, we need you today. Lord, we need you in our lives. We need you in our hearts, Lord. I pray that, Lord, if there's anybody today that doesn't know you as their Savior, as we go through this message, Lord, I pray that they would not uh, hesitate or take any uh, hesitation when it comes to that, Lord, and make a decision today about that. Lord, I pray that you'd be with those downstairs, Lord, the kids that are downstairs in their Sunday school class this morning. Lord, I pray that you'd be with them as they're, as they're preparing for the Christmas play, Lord. But I pray, Lord, that you'd help us today. Lord, help us to understand. Lord, help us to learn. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to take these things that we're learning, uh, Lord, and take them to heart, Lord, and use them on a daily basis. Lord, I pray that my words would not be heard, Lord, but that your words would take uh, preeminence, Lord, that your words would be what is heard today. Lord, in your name I pray. Amen. So today, uh, and over the past many years, many young people, uh, before they go off into their careers or into their place of work, many times, often people, oftentimes, young people will go to a university, a college, or a trade school before they start their career. And if they want to be successful in the career or in the field that they have chosen, you've got to go through some training first, do you not? Uh, we always have to go through training. Brother, uh, Brother Jim, I'm sure with your business, there's some training that you have to understand what the R value is and how many inches to put in a certain space to be able to, to keep that house warm or to keep it cool or to keep it insulated. You have to know that. There's some training that has to take place. Uh, I don't know where, what any of y'all's careers have been, but I'm sure in any field that you've been in, even if it's data entry uh, or, or even just secretarial work, it does. you have to have some sort of training. There's some sort of prerequisite that takes place before you can begin that job. Uh, you know, as a pastor, uh, I have trained for all of the years of my growing up under my dad uh, working there in the church, but I also went to Bible college and I took training, I took classes and I learned. Uh, but not only that, but as a pastor, I'm learning every day. I'm continuing my schooling. I'm continually learning. But uh, Jesus, he, he had a purpose. He had, uh, if you would, a career for on this earth. And there was some training that had to take place before that. So Jesus' purpose on this earth, of course, was to be born, uh, was to live on this earth, and was to suffer and die for the sins of the whole world. That was Jesus' career path, if you will. That was what it was that he was put on this earth to do. He had a job to do on this earth, and that was to come and to die for our sins. And, and there is, uh, to be honest with you, there's no greater career path that anybody has ever taken uh, in the past or ever will take in the future. We may think, well, uh, to become the president is one of the greatest jobs on earth. But no, Jesus uh, had the greatest job that was ever on this earth, uh, but also the most responsibility that was ever given to anybody who ever came on this earth. Remember, as we get into this today, I want you to remember, Jesus, when he came down to this earth, yes, he was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. We want to remember that. 
He was robed in flesh of humanity. We need to remember that as we go through that today. And I will try to be quick. I know we have a lot going on today uh, after the service even. So I will try to be quick with this. But first I would like to begin with the baptism of the Christ. The baptism of the Christ. Uh, Matthew, or sorry, Mark chapter number 1, verses 4 and 5 say this. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea, and they of Jerusalem, and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sin. So Jesus left Israel, he left where he was at, and he went down to Judah to be baptized of John in the wilderness. Let's take a look real quick at Matthew's record of Jesus' baptism. If you would please turn with me to Matthew chapter 3. You're in, uh, you should be in the book of Luke right now. If you want to turn back a few books to the book of Matthew chapter number 3. Matthew chapter number 3. And we're going to look at here for just a moment the significance of the baptism of Christ. And there's something really significant that's really interesting if we begin to study uh, what, the, what the Word of God says about the baptism of Christ. Matthew chapter 3, we'll, we will read here the, the, uh, uh, the account of Jesus' baptism. Matthew chapter 3, verse number 13 Verse number 13 this morning, it says here, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee unto Jordan, unto, unto John, to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee. And comest thou to me? Uh, I, I can understand what John was coming from there. Uh, if I was John, I don't know about you, but if I see Jesus coming down, and I'm down there, uh, think of that as our, as our wilderness, as our pond in the wilderness. But think, uh, if Pastor Harris is down there, and all of a sudden Jesus comes in, the one that I I know who's the Savior comes and says, hey, I need to be baptized. I say, I'm sorry, but uh, I'm not, I can't baptize you. If anything, you ought to be baptizing me. You're the Savior. But let's keep reading. Let's take a look here. It says in verse number 15, it says, And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Now, this is uh, completely a rabbit trail, and I, I won't go down it for very long. But interesting, if you look at the verbiage there, uh, uh, or at the, uh, um, what's the correct word, Mrs. Harris, or not Mrs. Harris, uh, my mom, I'll just say mom. Uh, I don't know what the correct word is for that, like the uh, grammar, is it the grammar, is that the correct word? Okay, so the grammar. Look at the grammar. I always say the verbiage because I don't know what else I'm supposed to say. It sounds like I'm smart, but I'm not really. Uh, but look at it right there. It says, for thus it becometh us. Isn't that kind of interesting there? Just think about that for a second. That's Jesus saying there. He said, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Isn't that interesting? Who would he be referring to with us? Isn't that Jesus speaking of how the Trinity is the three in one? Is, it, is that not what Jesus is speaking about there? He says us. Look at the grammar. Isn't that interesting how the Bible gives us that grammar? And it proves <coughs> those who say that Jesus was not God. Right there, we see that it speaks of how Je Jesus literally says right here, it becometh us. Anyhow, rabbit trail. I won't go on it very longer. But anyhow, let's continue on. It says, then he suffered him. Verse number 16. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Uh, Mrs. Harris, could you grab me a bottle of water real quick? 
Thank you. Um, so again, we see the fulfillment of Jesus' earthly requirements as a man. And we're going to look at it here in just a second in Philippians chapter number 2, if you'll turn there uh, with me. Thank you. Uh, Philippians chapter number 2, if you'll turn there with me, we're going to look at what uh, the Apostle Paul has to say here about the baptism of Christ. And that's where we're going to get our main thought uh, when it comes to the baptism of Christ. So uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse number 6, if you'll turn there with me. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 6. Philippians 2, verse number 6, it says here, Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he, what? What's that next word right there? Humbled. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So what is the Apostle Paul telling us here about Jesus and his baptism? The baptism, what he's trying to tell us here is that the baptism of Christ was the act of willful humility. Humility. You think, well, why would Jesus need to be humble? Well, that's who he, he had to fulfill the earthly requirements of ministry. Of ministry. Uh, Jesus, in and of himself, he had no sin to confess and he had no need to be baptized. Even John said that. He said, What? I can't baptize you. What are you getting baptized for? What Jesus did with, uh, with getting baptized was the act of humbling himself as a man. And that was a humility that he took all the way from that moment, all the way to the cross. James chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, it says here, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the... What's that next word there? Anybody know that next word? God resisteth the proud. And what? Giveth grace unto the humble. It says there, Submit yourselves therefore unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So uh, once Jesus was baptized, we see that act of humility took place in his life. It says the Holy Ghost descended upon him. And that was uh, one of the signs that was, to, that was given. One of the fulfillments of the prophecy that was given. And John knew this is truly the Savior because the Spirit of God descended like a dove upon him. And, and that voice was heard, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. John chapter number 1. Uh, if, you're still, are you, if you're still close to the book of John, go to John chapter 1. And, and for sake of time, I'm just going to read it. But if you want to turn there real quick, we'll be there for just a moment. It says here, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh the man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he, said, but he that said, me, or, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending, and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. So we see that the Holy Spirit descended, and that was uh, one of the things that illustrated, of course, that, uh, that, that he was truly the Son of God. But then we see also uh, that he was baptized of John. Of course, then that, that main thing that I'm speaking of here is that humility. It was the humility that he needed 
to begin his earthly ministry. Just as this act of humility in Christ was a prerequisite for his earthly ministry, I believe humility should be the prerequisite for any person who is preparing to serve God in any capacity. I'll say this, uh, pride has no place in the church, amen? Pride has no place in the church. If we are going to serve God, then we're going to have to get humble. And we're going to have to get humble real quick. If we want to serve God, I'll say this this morning, God will not work through your pride. He will not. He does not work with prideful people. He does not. If we look back to Nebuchadnezzar and we think of the seven years that he spent in the wilderness because of his pride, God hates pride. What do we see in the book of James? We already looked at it already, but James chapter 4, verse number 6, it says, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God, what the proud? He said, He resisteth the proud. God's not going to work through somebody who's prideful. So what a great picture that Jesus gave to us. He came to this earth, and what was the first thing that he did before he started his ministry? What? He humbled himself. He, hum he did not need to be baptized. Jesus had no sin in him. He had no need to be baptized. He had no need uh, to come forward uh, in that baptism. The reason for Jesus' baptism was specifically the humility. The humility. We see Mary saying something here about, about pride. And, and, and did not God use Mary in a great and wonderful way? Uh, I mean, Mary, she was uh, the one who carried Jesus. He used her in a wonderful way. Let's look at what Mary said as she carried Christ in her womb. Luke chapter 1, if you're close by there, flip over to Luke chapter number 1 with me. Verse number 46. Luke chapter number 1, verse number 46. Luke chapter 1, verse number 46, it says here, And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm, he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats. And what's that last uh, uh, section of words right there? It says what? Exalted them of low degree. This just goes back to reiterate what the Bible is so, and throughout the whole Bible we see this as a, as a grand theme throughout the Bible, is that God will not use somebody who is proud, but He will use somebody who is of low estate. We see in the book of James, James writes in, in chapter 1, verse number 9, it says, Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. He is exalted. So those who are proud, the ones who lift themselves up higher than others, here, here's the thing, uh, and I try to do my best as your pastor to, to not look at myself higher than I ought to. Just because I'm your pastor doesn't mean I'm better than you. Just because I'm your pastor doesn't mean I'm more talented than you. Just because I'm your pastor doesn't mean I have uh, some great gift of God that uh, He's given me that's, that's something that nobody else has. No, I'm just like you. You're just like me. We're all just like each other. And I'll say this, it doesn't matter if it's in the pulpit or in the pew, there's no place for pride in the church. There's no place for pride. Humility is a requirement for any person that wants to serve God in any capacity. 
Down there in that Sunday school class, there's no place for pride in Brother John or Miss Christina. Down there in the, in, in the nursery, there's no place for pride in the nursery. In the ladies' Bible studies, there's no place for pride. In the ladies' fellowship, there's no place for pride. In the men's prayer breakfast, there's no place for pride. In our soul-winning times, there's no place for pride. On that bus, there's no place for pride. In that pew that you're in right now, there's no place for pride. In our Sunday school class, there's no place for pride. Why? Because God will not use a prideful church. God will not bless a prideful church. God will not work through those who are prideful. We need to humble ourselves. After this act of humility, another part of the schooling Jesus had to go through, we make our way to another place of schooling for the Savior. Number two brings us to the temptation of the Savior. The temptation of the Savior. Mark chapter 1, if you'll turn there uh, with me. Or no, sorry, Luke chapter 4. We'll get there in just a moment. I'm going to go to Matthew or Mark chapter number 1. If you'll please turn with me to Luke chapter 4. In Mark chapter number 1, we read in verse number 9, it says, And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John and Jordan. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness forty days, tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beasts and the angels ministered unto him. Let's look at Luke's record of the temptation as well. Uh, in the book of Mark, we see uh, uh, the, the, the progression from Jesus' humility uh, going to uh, be baptized. And then we see immediately, right away, uh, he is driven into the Spirit, or dr driven by the Spirit into the wilderness. In Luke chapter 4, verse number 1, I'm going to read quite a large uh, passage of Scripture here. I'll read down through verse 15. It says here, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. I want to remember, remember what I said earlier? Jesus is still 100% man at this point. He's still, yes, he's God, but he's still been robed in flesh. How many of y'all have ever gone 40 days without eating? Anybody? Even if, you're, even if you're in a coma for 40 days, they've got you on some sort of nutrition, do they not? Either a feeding tube or of some sort. Our human bodies, it's difficult to go 40 days without eating. I can promise you right now, and you can tell just by looking at me, your pastor has never gone more than one day without eating. I barely go one hour without eating. But our Savior... Jesus, who, again, we've got to remember this. Honestly, we think of some of these things that Jesus went through in his life, and we think, well, of course he went through that. He was God. But we've got to remember, on this earth, he was still 100% man. He still felt every bit of that hunger. He still felt those temptations. He was still, uh, those temptations were not nothing to him. What he went through, the trials that God, uh, that Jesus went through, that God allowed him to go through, they weren't nothing for him. We've got to remember that. Just because Jesus is God does not mean that he did not suffer and feel here on this earth. He still had an earthly body. He was still 100% man. Let's see, verse number 3. It says here, And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. I don't know about you, but after 40 days, if I knew how to turn stones into bread, I would turn stones into bread. After 40 days of not eating, that's a pretty big temptation. 
For Jesus, I'm sure, I don't know, but I'm sure he probably lost a lot of weight during that time. You go 40 days without eating. I've gone before, I've gone seven days without, without eating anything because I was just, I'm just completely sick. So sick that I couldn't eat a, eat a thing. Uh, maybe a piece of toast or something like that. But at the end of that seven days, my goodness, was I ever hungry. I mean, I was starving. But 40 days, I mean, I was about ready. If I could have turned uh, rocks into bread when I, when I was seven days without eating, my goodness, 40 days later, though 33 days later, oh, my goodness, I'd be saying, okay, I'm not turning into bread. I'm turning into lasagna. If I, was, if I was the son of God and I could just speak with, let there be lasagna. You know, after 40 days, but what, he didn't. He did. Let's, keep, let's keep looking. Remember, he, he was 100% God, but again, 100% man. So he felt every bit of that hunger. I'm sure he had cravings. I'm sure this was a great temptation for him. Verse number 4, it says here, And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now, there's a message right there in that last part of the scripture. I'm not going to go off into it today. Uh, I've preached a message pretty uh, that, that's spoken about that in the past. Uh, but that word, every word of God. Every word of God. Not some words, not a few words, but every word of God. You wonder why, uh, wonder why I use the King James Version? Well, because I believe for English-speaking people, it's the most complete Word of God, and I cannot live my life without the complete Word of God. I don't know if you've ever heard the statistics before. I'll take two minutes to go through this with you. But if you've ever heard the statistics before, there's a, a, a version of the Bible out there, and I believe it's the either the NSB or the, uh, it's not the NIV, but I believe it's either the maybe an ESV or the Life Bible or something, but it's taken over 20,000 words out of the Bible. It's not 20 words. You know that same version of the Bible is taking over 25 entire verses out of the Bible? The NIV has taken, I believe, it's seven, at least almost ten verses out of the Bible completely. The, N, the, the, the uh, New King James, it's, it's, it's changed over a thousand words. It's got, uh, I think, over a hundred words are missing. If one word is missing out of my Bible, I, I can't live my life off of it because you got to look at the you got to look at the grammar. It's not the verbiage. I got I remember the right word there. It, it's the grammar. You got to look at it. It doesn't say that by a, a few words of God. It says, but by every word of God. Anyhow, that's a different message. I'm not going to get into it today. I'm sorry. I'm going to end up getting off into it. I got to at least finish these verses here before the end of the day. Uh, but let's see, verse number five. That's where we're at right now. Uh, verse number five, it says, And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give unto thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me. And to whomsoever I will, I give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, Oh, here, here the devil goes again. Didn't we just talk about this in Sunday school? 
We say, man, when the devil begins to say stuff like for it is written or, or, or when he says, yea, hath God said, we know there's some perversion coming after that, isn't there? Uh, now, what he says here, uh, but let's continue on. He, he takes the word of God and twists it again. And it says, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said unto him, it is said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. So Jesus started his earthly ministry, not only with humility, but what I believe each of us as Christians end up beginning our ministry with, or beginning our, our, our following of Christ with. Of course, we all follow his footsteps through baptism. That's the obedience that takes place after we get saved. Uh, but then oftentimes, if we begin to really desire to serve God, or we really desire uh, to do what God wants for us to do in this life, uh, when we really begin to take steps uh, forward to begin the working of the ministry that God has given to us, and, and I'll say this and, and, and to, to preface that, the ministry is not just the pastorate. I'll tell you that for real quick. Being in the ministry is not just being in the pastorate. It's not just being a youth pastor. It's not just being a director of something. We can all be in the ministry. We're all called to our own ministry that God has given to us. I want to, I want to preface that by saying that. I say the beginnings of our ministry because each of us has a ministry that we're called to do. I just want to get that out of the way real quick. Just to let everybody know that. Everybody has a ministry. Everybody has ministry. I would go point to everybody right now, but I mean, we don't have the time for that. But I would say everybody in this room has a ministry that God has for them that he wants them to do. And I'll say this, there's uh, uh, things that take place, and, and I know uh, as you begin to desire to serve God, I'll tell you what, the devil more than ever ends up giving you, uh, putting things in your path uh, that uh, seem to be are just uh, these crazy trials that you've got to go through. But honestly, those are the things that we've got to go through as the schooling or as the prerequisite or as the beginning before we can start our ministry. Honestly, there's some schooling that has to take place and honest and, and to be honest with you and, and, and it's not always enjoyable but it's through those through that schooling oftentimes and through those trials oftentimes we get the learning that we have to go through to be effective in the ministry for Christ I always say it, it always seems like when when people are getting ready and and getting devoted to being in the ministry it seems like there's always a, a, a tragedy that takes place I think back to 2003. I think back to our family deciding we're going. We're, we're just we're going. We're going to Canada. We're going to do, do what God's asked for us to do. Going to uh, answer the call of God. And what happens? We get no more than what a couple hours down the road, and, and tragedy strikes. I don't know. I don't know who has the book right now. Who's reading the book? Uh, but it's been passing around. It's been going around and. And uh, the book about the accident and what took place, I won't take the time to go through it today. But even for Mrs. Harris and I, as we begin to just get devoted to being in the ministry, even while we've been here, it's like we get going and we're getting excited and we're getting ready to, to start our ministry. And, and, and things seem to, seem to start going and the wheels are turning and God is working. But then all of a sudden, tragedy strikes. And, and it's, it's hard when tragedy strikes to understand that God will use it. And maybe sometimes it's for our learning. 
And it's hard. It's not easy. I'll be the first one to tell you today that sometimes the training that we have to go through to be in the ministry that God has called for us to be in is not easy. And I'm sure for Christ, as he was getting ready to go into his earthly, his earthly ministry, and as he had to go through the temptations and the trials and the 40 days without food or, or anything, I'm sure there were some trials those that he was going through. And I'm sure it was probably pretty difficult for him to go through that. Maybe not in his spiritual self, but in his physical body, I'm sure it was not enjoyable for him to go through that and for us when we decide to get serious about God and get devoted and get serious about serving him uh, I'll tell you there's there's some trials to go through there's some schooling to go through and it's not always enjoyable but I'll say this we will never be able to truly see the greatness of the work that God wants to do through us until we first number one of course humble ourselves and then learn through the trials of the wilderness God will use us, but first we have to go through some schooling. Jesus left the schooling that he went through hungry and tired, but in the power of the Spirit. And his fame and teaching went like wildfire throughout all the regions about him. Jesus was a great example for us and showed us how as humans we could be used by God in a greater way than we could ever imagine. Jesus allowed himself to be tempted in all points, just like we are. He experienced the full weight of humanity so that he could do the work for humanity that needed to be done. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says this in verses 12 and 13. It says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but as such as common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but, with all, but, with, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Jesus went through life as 100% flesh so that he could pay the wage of sin for all of sinful flesh. He took our sin upon himself through willingly humbling himself in obedience unto death. We should take example of what Jesus did in preparation for his earthly ministry. As I said already, there's no place for pride in the church. We also need to understand that when we do decide that we're finally going get, to get, uh, get our ministry where it ought to be, that trials are going to come. These trials are a time of learning, even though it might be difficult times. And we must learn for them and use them as we go through the ministry that God has for us. Now we've seen that Jesus has gone through these things. He's humbled himself. He's gone through the trials. And now he is ready for his earthly ministry to be in full swing. He's ready. The schooling of the Savior should have us preparing for our ministry here on the earth. Whether you're in the ministry now, they get ready for, get ready for the work. The work's getting ready to begin. Maybe you're in the trial period right now. Or maybe you're in the period right now where you still have to go through the humbling process. Get ready for it. Be ready because if you're truly serious about serving God, if you're truly serious, and here's the thing, I'll tell you there's no age limit on truly serving God. There isn't. There is no age limit. There is no, uh, there's, there's no, uh, there's no, there's no a maximum age for, for the ministry. But it's time to humble ourselves. It's time to learn through the trials, and serve God. The schooling of the Savior is now complete. Now we 
are ready to continue our journey to the cross with the earthly ministry of Christ. And that's what we'll look at this evening. But this morning, let's keep in mind these thoughts of the schooling of the Savior, what He went through, how He humbled Himself and how we ought to humble ourselves, how He went through those trials, and we're going to go through some trials. Let's keep that in mind as we begin to prepare for our ministry that God has for us. Everybody has a ministry. There's no exception. Everybody has something that God wants for them to do. There's no exception. Let's be prepared to do it today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, Lord, I pray that you'd... Lord, I pray that you would have used this message today, Lord. Lord, I pray that you'd help me, Lord, as I'm continuing the ministry, Lord, and really at this the beginning of my ministry. I pray that you'd help me to stay humble, Lord, and to continue to humble myself on a daily basis. Lord, I pray that you would work in hearts today. Lord, I pray that if there's anybody going through a trial or a, or a tribulation or a temptation right now, Lord, I pray that they would hold fast to you, Lord, hold fast to the scriptures. Lord, learn from it, Lord, and allow it to transform them into who it is that you want for them to be. The piano is going to play and the altars are open. Maybe you need to come forward today and just say, God, I haven't been as humble as I should be. I haven't humbled myself the way I know I should have. Maybe you need to come forward today and just humble yourself and say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to be humble. Maybe you're going through a trial or a tribulation or the temptation period in your life right now, and you just need to come forward and just say, God, help me. God, help me to learn from this. Lord, I don't, I don't know what's going on in my life. Lord, I know there's some trials. I know there's some difficulties. But Lord, I pray that you'd teach me through it. The altars are open this morning. You come. time that we get to remember and we get to celebrate the death of Jesus on the cross and what that means for us and how
how we can remember what he's done for each and every one of us through his shed blood on the cross. He's been so good to us, and we ought to be grateful for all that he's done. This is a time that, uh, this is not a, uh, a, a party time where we're having a grand celebration, but this also is not a, uh, a sad time. It's a, it is a serious time, but it is not a, uh, a, time, um, uh, a time that we're uh, weeping over, the, over what he did. This is a time that we get to be joyful, but also serious about what he's done for us. I'd like to, for just a moment, uh, read a passage of scripture uh, that the Apostle Paul is giving us here. And he's telling us about uh, uh, this. He's giving uh, a prerequisite, really, uh, in 1 Corinthians. He's telling us about, in chapter number 11, uh, about how uh, those at the church of Corinth are not uh, giving the correct respect uh, to this time of the Lord's Supper. 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, beginning in verse number 23, it says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take heed, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat of this bread and drink of this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. So Jesus here is giving to uh, them the uh, the pattern as to which uh, as to how we should take the Lord's Supper. And again, uh, this is a very serious time. It's a time that again we get to remember. It should be a joyful time as we uh, remember uh, what it is that Jesus has done for us in His death on the cross. And uh, so before we uh, get into it, let's take a moment. Let's examine ourselves. And let's bow and we'll have a time of examination. hour was come, he sat down, and the twelve apostles with him, and he said unto them, 
With desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof, until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup and gave thanks, and said, Take this, and divide it amongst yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine, until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took bread, and gave thanks, and brake it, and gave unto them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. Gentlemen, if you would please stand for me, I'm going to ask Brother Billy if you would please give thanks for the book. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you this day. and a reminder of the things that he went through for us. As you look at that little wafer in your hand, that is uh, a piece of unleavened bread. Leaven in the Bible, of course, is a picture of sin. And of course, we know that our Savior had no sin in him. As you look at that, think of the body of Jesus that was broken on the cross. Think of the torture that he had to go through. Think of all that he went through to lead up to that cross that he died on the cross for. I think there's no more appropriate way to begin this Christmas season than to remember what Jesus has done for us. Think about that as you look at the bread this morning. chapter number 22, verse number 19, it says, And he took bread, and gave thanks, and brake it, and gave unto them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In verse number 20 of the same chapter, it says, Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Gentlemen, stand. Brother Jim, if you please give thanks for the cup. Dear Heavenly Father, as we remember you, Lord, we thank you for this shed blood. Lord, may we never forget as we examine ourselves that we were deserving of your of death and your shed blood covers all these sins. Lord, we thank you so much for this gift. And may we never forget as we drink from this cup what you've done for us. We thank you and we love you. Amen. Amen. As they begin to pass out this uh, unfermented grape juice, the fermentation, the fermentation process in the Bible, again, just as with the leaven, is a picture of sin. And as we know, our Savior had no sin 
in him whatsoever. As we look at this grape juice that is in our hands today, this does not become the blood of Christ. It's simply a picture and simply a remembrance of the shed blood of Jesus on the cross that paid for our sins. As you look at that, think about the blood that was shed. Think about the loss of blood. Think about uh, what he went through, the agony that he went through as he was on that cross. Think about that as you look at the cup this morning. Verse number 20 of Luke chapter 22, it says here, Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. It says also in the book of Matthew that as they went up and away, uh, they sang a hymn together. So we are going to sing a hymn together this morning. But as we do, if you could get prepared, brother. And uh, I'm going to go get changed, and we're going to have a baptism this morning. Amen? Uh, so if you can hang around for just a few moments while we get ready. And uh, what's the number of the hymn that we're going to sing? It's on, the, it's on the order of service. 169 in your red hymn books. Hymn number 169, and we'll sing it together. And uh, once you sing it through the four verses, that's fine. I'm not going to keep you all singing. And uh, we'll have a baptism here this morning. seated to. Thank you. 
wonderful uh, to have had three baptisms last week and to have another one this week. And man, I'm just so excited and uh, I'm so glad to see what God's doing here uh, at Evansville Baptist Church. Uh, Don, if you wanted to, you can come up here to uh, take a video of him for blackmail later. Oh, <laughs> well, we'll get Marge to, to do one for us. So, uh, but anyhow, it is so wonderful. And, and uh, John, Don and Jesse have been coming for quite a few months now, and we're good, good, glad to have them here. But uh, Brother Jesse got saved uh, quite a few years ago, but just never followed the Lord in baptism. And so we're excited to have him following the Lord this morning. And uh, we'll pray that the water isn't too cold for him. I got some hot water in it this morning, and it's less cold than it was last week, I'll tell you that. It is less cold than last week, so uh, that's a good thing. But our water level's down about four inches, so we'll see. It might be, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But uh, again, it's so wonderful to see God working and to see God moving. And I thank you all for staying and and, uh, and and watching this because it's wonderful to celebrate with those who are getting baptized. And and I think it's important for us to support them. Uh, that's one thing at the churches that I've been to in the past. Uh, baptism service is at the end of the service, of course, but then one more to, to the side door over there. No, I'm, I'm going to make you jump over the pew. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But there's churches that I've been to in the past, and they, they have a baptism service, and everybody leaves before the baptism starts, and, and I think we should celebrate with those who are getting baptized. So, brother, thank you, and it's going to be just a little bit on the chilly side, but you'll be okay. Do you like your pool? Remember I said that last week? Do you like your pool? So, Jesse, Jesse, have you accepted Christ as your personal Savior? Yes, you have. So then, by your profession of faith, my brother, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Step forward, bend your knees and go down. Baptize, bury the likeness of his death, raise in the likeness of his resurrection. You did it, brother. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good job. There's a towel right in there for you, brother. <laughs> chilly, wasn't it? Well, amen. I'm going to just dismiss y'all right here with a word of prayer. Oh, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> get your, uh, get your uh, towel there. It was less cold than it was for the girls yes, last week. So, amen. Well, let's have a word of prayer to close our service. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much for all that you're doing here at Evansville Baptist Church. I'm just so glad that you've allowed me to be a part of it. Lord, I thank you for Jesse, Lord, and his willingness this morning to come and get baptized. Lord, and follow you in obedience, Lord. I'm so grateful for that, so grateful for them. Lord, I pray that you'd work in his life as he begins to, uh, Lord, uh, get closer to you and learn more about you. Lord, I pray that you'd work in his life, Lord. Lord, I love you. I thank you for meeting with us today, Lord. I pray that you'd bless, uh, Lord, everybody as they go home today. Lord, bring them back safely this evening at 6 o'clock. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you all for joining us this evening. Good morning, Lord. Dismiss the unsafe.